Hey everyone, welcome back to Pretending with Dice. As always, I'm your host and game master, AJ. Happy New Year! Uh, I hope you all had a great holiday season and are looking forward to 2022 as much as we are. Uh, this year, in May, will be our fifth anniversary of the podcast, which is which is crazy. I mean, <laughs> the time's absolutely flown by. And uh, also, at some point this year, probably not too far away actually, we'll actually be hitting episode 100 of the podcast, which is, you know, just a real, um, real milestone. Uh, eagle-eyed viewers will maybe have clocked that we've already technically put out over 100 episodes of the podcast, but I'm, I'm just not really counting bonus episodes in that. <laughs> um, at any rate, though, uh, we've got so much good stuff planned for this year, and uh, I really can't wait to share it all with you. Um, I hope you'll take the journey with us. Uh, here's to a great 2022. Uh, finally then, so uh, just a quick intro this time, uh, before we get into today's episode, uh, the first of the year, uh, I just wanted to point everyone once again to our new portal online, uh, pretendingwithdice.com. Uh, no matter where you found us, uh, links to all of our important pages can be found on there. Uh, there's links to all of our social media pages, uh, a direct invite link to our Discord, our Ko-Fi page, uh, as well as direct links to the podcast feed on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, it's uh, it's never been easier to share it with a friend and uh, we really appreciate it when people spread the word um so yeah once again that's uh, pretendingwithdice.com okay then so uh, without any further ado let's get into today's episode enjoy Cabin's Log, Stardate 55075.1 Our progress towards Deep Space 3 is resumed following our unscheduled stop in the Zookeer system. A thoroughly worthwhile diversion, I think all involved will agree, however. I am reliably informed that the Astrometrics Department got all the data they were hoping for from the solar event, but for me, finding marooned members of our Starfleet family who've been lost for so long was the most important, if unexpected, part of the mission. That our own first officer's father was among those rescued is an incredible but welcome coincidence. Upon learning of this, I, I of course told Talyn she could take as much time as she needs to catch up with her father, but uh, she's assured me she'll not miss a single duty shift. Uh, that's just her way, I guess. I won't push the issue, but uh, with over a week left in our journey, I hope she can find some time to reconnect. It is late morning in the USS Tenzing's main sick bay. Dr. Arila, for the greater part of the day so far, you've been, along with your staff, conducting a series of routine medical examinations and checkups on the rescued crew of the USS Tear. Uh, Tenen, William, Jovar, and finally, uh, currently sitting on the edge of an examination bed in front of you, Sarah. 
It has, uh, well, after all, it's been 28 years since any of these survivors have had a, a proper medical exam. And uh, indeed for Jova, this was a completely new experience. Sarah seems uh, relatively calm, uh, your empathic senses tell you, uh, as you make your checks, uh, just with a sort of general low level of apprehension that you recognise as sort of fairly normal when it comes to examining patients in general. You know, it's just sort of medical anxiety. <laughs> Can I get a reason medicine check from you? Difficulty one, please. 11 and a 6, that's two successes, so you gain a momentum from that. We are back down to zero momentum, by the way, as well, because um, it's been a couple of days. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean, this doing this is really a routine is the right word for sort of what this kind of check is for you. You know, this is um, just kind of a, a kind of in-depth sort of scan check for any kind of anomalies or anything. And she seems pretty remarkably healthy, really, considering she's been away from you know most kind of modern medical con conveniences and, and everything. The the one sort of anomaly you you notice that she's sort of seems to be the beginnings of some dental sort of distress kind of not distress is the wrong word she could do with some dental work basically <laughs> is really that that is the, the the main sort of takeaway from this this full examination really everything else though she's in um she's in quite good shape well sarah you appear to have got through the last couple of decades with pretty much no harm at all i'm quite impressed Ah, that's uh, well. That's good to hear. We were fairly lucky. Uh, most of the tier's basic medical supplies survived the crash, and uh, well, I guess that Starfleet emergency med training stuck with me. <laughs> well, you did better than most of the people do when they're on board ship. So, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, nothing, nothing at all. I'd need to worry about then. No. Uh, we'll get you booked in in a week or so. Uh, we'll double check a couple of things and we'll take care of that uh, dental stuff for you. I had worried about that, yes. Uh, we managed to find plenty to eat on Drakir after a fashion, but uh, from what we could gather, the natural sugar content was a, was a little bit higher than in earth vegetation. Good for the taste, but uh, not the teeth. <laughs> she sort of rubs her jaw as she says this um, before making to stand up from the exam bed. Well, uh, is there anything else you need me for today, Doctor? Uh, Javar and I were going to do some exploring. No, you're free to go. Right, uh, well, have a good day. And you. Okay, so uh, she makes to leave sickbay, uh, but as she does, um, the doors slide open, and stepping in is the ship's counsellor, uh, Councillor Mavala, uh, who gives her a big smile uh, as she approaches the doorway uh, before stepping aside to let her pass out into the corridor. Um, would you say in the sort of short few weeks that you've been aboard the Tenzing that you've really interacted much with Mavala? Um, I've probably met them, but that's probably about it. Hmm. Okay, so no, no kind of long sort of in-depth meetings or anything like that? No. No, okay. Uh, Mavala is a Cation, uh, it's kind of like a big cat person. Um, uh, as I said, he, he gives uh, Sarah a smile as she leaves uh, before heading in your direction. Ah, good morning, Doctor. How are you today? I am well, thank you. Thank you, Mbala. And yourself? Oh, I am very well, thank you. I uh, I wanted to extend an invitation, in fact, uh, to you for a little event I'm holding this evening. Uh, I feel, as a department, we don't really get to spend as much time just uh, socializing with one another as maybe we should. Uh, you know, getting to know one another outside of sickbay and such. Uh, 
So yes, I am holding a, uh, a medical mixer at uh, 1900 hours, and uh, as chief medical officer, I would be honoured if you would attend. That sounds like a wonderful idea. Good, good. Uh, we will be in holodeck too. And uh, of course, uh, anyone you wish to bring along will be most welcome. Thank you very much. I shall see you then. Excellent. See you this evening then. Uh, have a good day, Doctor. He turns and uh, heads towards the exit, uh, briefly stopping to extend the same invitation to uh, Nurse Jaria, who is also on duty at the moment. Um, they also seem excited to attend. Okay, so you have basically the whole afternoon before this mixer. Uh, it's pretty quiet in sickbay today. Uh, the main things you had on your schedule, other than sort of just routine duties, were the examinations of the tier survivors, and that's all kind of done for now. Um, so uh, what would you like to be doing in this time? I think it's most likely that the doctor's going round and just making sure that all of their staff are okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, make sure that she doesn't pick up any concern or stress mm. before the, the socialising tonight. Okay, so, so using your sort of doubt and empathy yeah. sort of thing. Okay, um, let's, do, let's do a check for this then, uh, just to kind of represent sort of touching base with all your staff. Uh, on duty at the moment is, uh, as I said, uh, Nurse Jaria, who is a Trill, uh, unjoined, so unlike Ray, has no symbiote. Uh, Nurse Tack, the, uh, the Saurian, who was one of the two staff who greeted you during your first arrival in Sigbay. And uh, finally, uh, Dr. Salat, who is a Vulcan junior doctor. Can I get then just a, a general insight roll? So this is going to be 2d20, aiming for under 11. 16 and 16. Okay. It's... Yeah, you're, you're not really picking up any kind of stress or anything, I would say. You're finding people a little hard to read this afternoon. But um, outwardly, nobody really seems worried or anything. You know, even after um, Mavala had talked to them. You know, this seems like, oh, you know... If anything, the sort of... A bit of a kind of outward sort of like, oh, good. You know, something to do this evening kind of feeling in the air. Better enough. Hmm. Let's see what everybody else is up to then. So, as I say, it's kind of early afternoon. Where would... Let's say, where's where's Johnny? Where's Johnny Connor <laughs> this afternoon? Um, good question. Is it a work day? Um, sure. Okay. Um, well, maybe you don't need to ask me what I'm doing then. Okay, um, sure. Amy, <laughs> where's... Uh, where is... Uh... Where is Johnny Connor <laughs> this afternoon? <laughs> um, after their recent trip, mm. um, she's probably given him a light week, okay. to be fair. In fact, she's going to let him have a study day, and it's a free study. He can study whatever he likes. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> okay. What's the... Um, oh, I'm, I'm terrible. What was the character... The, the kid that had led us to the camp and everything. Is he still Jovi, knocking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's still on board. Um, I mean, you don't know this, but uh, he did just sort of say it to Dr. Rila, but uh, Sarah, his mother, was taking him sort of exploring this afternoon. But, uh, okay. um, yeah. Um, what's Bond up to at this point? Bond, I think, is on, <laughs> is on duty in engineering. Right. Okay, so I can't go and grab Bond. I was thinking maybe it was a boys' afternoon adventure <laughs> on the holodeck kind of moment. Um, 
Not another protocol override. <laughs> no, it was going to be... Oh, no, I, I won't go into it. Um, on that basis, then... It was going to be fun. It was just going to be like he was going to get Jovar to like show him techniques and stuff, all the hunting and what have you that he knew, okay. and then he was going to show him some techniques himself to all be right. like, "Here's a trade." And you're going to show off to Bond. Yeah, pretty much. And <laughs> like he's trying to get Bond into this as well. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. kind of no the angle in his mind. Um, but no, won't be doing that. So um, instead, he's going to go and do some phaser practice because he missed that shot and uh, screwed up equipment during the mission. Oh, that is so, true, yeah. Yeah, he's feeling a little bit wonky on that front, and uh, yeah, there's a certain amount of shame. So, yeah, phase of practice, um, I guess that would be a holodeck. Sure, maybe one of the smaller ones. Um, yeah, something pretty basic. Yeah. Straightforward target practice we're going for here. Well, I have my uh, I have my points of interest uh, <laughs> Excel spreadsheet in front of me here. Um, there is actually there's a tactical area... Um, which is where Murphy's office is. Tactical planning. The, the large holodecks are on that deck. Um, mm -hmm. The small ones are on the same deck as Sick Bay, and there's medium ones on a couple of decks above. Sure, let's just put you in a small one. I, I, I know it's not too important. I'm just kind of. I, I was sort of thinking, like, is there like is there a given sort of phaser range somewhere? But I don't think there really is. Um, so yeah, you're able to book into holodeck ten, which is it's a, it's a kind of small. Holodeck. It's internally, it's probably about the same size. It's about half the size of um, Ten Forward, but with the Holo technology, you know, it seems pretty big inside. So you don't have any problem, sort of feeling like you're in a small <laughs> little cupboard or anything like that. Um, but yeah, you are able to book into Holodeck Ten for some phaser practice. What kind of environment would you like the um, to be around you in this? Uh, what what program are you loading? Let's <laughs> let's go with that way. <laughs> Let's go for some standard Starfleet stuff. So okay. it's just going to be kind of like we're looking at that kind of basic grey kind of like there might be a station that I'm behind, like just a, a grey block. Okay. And then floating targets kind of just appearing out. So you're kind of in like a void sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sure. So you, you, you bring that up on the external console. The computer says, Program complete. Enter when ready. And the doors slide open and uh, you are in. The, the floor is kind of visible, but it's a little bit sort of. Sort of, it, you can tell it's there. You know where the floor is, um, but it sort of stops at this kind of table block in front of you, um, on which are laying a variety of different types of phaser. You got the little kind of car door opener, tiny little <laughs> type one phaser. There's the um, ones you were um, carrying two of on the uh, the mission, the type two, and then there's also the phaser rifles. Okay, he goes for the one, um, the same type that he used on the mission, because that's the intent here. Sure. Kind of weighs one in his hand and looks at, is, it, is there another one, sorry, did you say? That there's yeah, two there's a couple of each. Okay, so he looks and thinks about the fact that he was carrying around two and did that hinder him and Kind of just dedicates himself to using one for this moment to see what happens. Mm. Okay. Computer start a phaser training program at level five. So a variety of different targets begin to appear at a few different distances from you, all of which are kind of moving at different rates, some towards you, some side to side, some at sort of kind of odd twirling patterns and that. And um, yeah, you have you have a variety of targets ahead of you. You think about that missed shot on the planet. And uh, you close your eyes, you take a deep breath, 
and uh, we'll say that you've done the aim minor action, which means you can re-roll a single d20 on an attack made on this turn. As we're not really in a back and forth combat here, it's not going to be such a big deal, but you do get a re-roll on this. And yeah, so then can I get a control and security task for making the shot? Okay. 2d20 like usual? 2d20, difficulty 2. Okay, 14 and 5. Uh, so there's control security. You were aiming for that under 13. Okay, so that's going to be one of those re-rolls then. Yeah, you can, can do, do the re-roll here. Hey. The three, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the aim action proving itself useful immediately. So yeah, <laughs> giving you the result of a three and a five. So no criticals, but um, that aim really bought you that successful shot. So um, you were aiming for one of the, the trickier ones there, were you? I, t I take it. Going for... Um, all the targets are moving. They're just at different distances and things. Um, my intent here, I don't, I, I don't want to treat this as like I don't want to spend the whole thing just being like let's shoot all the targets. No, we'll have this be representative. Roles. I think of uh, how. Yeah, I, I feel like that's just like the his general Zen quality kind of like it descended upon him and just he managed to like take out a bunch of targets in a row or something like that. Shall we say? Sure, why not? Well, you've got the afternoon. Let's just say, like, rather than say, like, okay, Johnny took one breath and suddenly turned into some kind of, like, John Woo, gung, gun through kind of crazy, shooty Neo from the Matrix kind of man. Um, you know, this is this sort of shot will just say it's representative of the afternoon that you're having, which is your. You spend a bit of time in here. You can easily book an hour or so in here with no problem. And. Um, yeah, kind of reflecting on uh, room for having room for improvement on the uh, on the, on the mission. Um, you think, yeah, you've getting your eye back in, should we say? Oh. Um, all right. Uh, what is Murphy doing? I'd imagine she is probably writing her report of the mission mm. in her office. Okay. While sipping a glass of. Um, whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so no one's coming in. It's fine. <laughs> she's just like, she's like, it's, it's, I'm writing my report. I'm in the office. <laughs> Nobody's going to disturb me. <laughs> yeah, but there's a couple of people. Like, like I said, we, we haven't ever really, even on screen, seen like the tactical office. Yeah. Because um, it is on. It's on the plans of the. This is where I've gotten where my 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 spreadsheet that I've made of points of interest I based it on the Enterprise D plans book that went out and there's <laughs> meant to be a whole kind of tactical planning and tactical department on deck 11 but we never see it um, no we never see it we only ever see the armory yeah and um, and that's about it yeah I mean so that's where I've <laughs> said Murphy's office is so I'd, I'd imagine then that there's like there is like a bigger tactical office I guess we did see a tactical bit on lower decks on one of the episodes mm. um, either way though you've got I, you've got kind of an office there I don't know how I'd imagine I've got like um, it's it's like the like in in sick bay where the like in Voyager sick bay where he's got like that's that little like alcove kind of yeah, thing yeah you got a little side clear area. glass yeah yeah and it's it's like clear and I can see out and stuff, but I can like shut the door. And, well, <laughs> you just hang, st standing there with the glass door staring out at everybody, just drinking your coffee or whatever. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my whiskey's in my coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few more of your officers are out there. Um, your second in command and in security is, is also there at her desk typing away. Uh, 
who I believe is the only other security officer that I've named other than Johnny, which is uh, Lieutenant Soto, who's a Bolian. Um, she's focused in, on her work. Um, so, yeah, it, it seems everybody's working. With Johnny not in the in the room, everybody's working efficiently. Nice, calm day in the office. Yeah, it's a nice, calm day. <laughs> no sign of Johnny Connell anyway. It's a calm day. Um, hey. <laughs> it's, it's a, that's a, yeah, it's a gentle ribbing there. I'm not... <laughs> part part of me wants wants Murphy to like like hit, um, tap into the security feed and just like check on his progress and what he's doing today, and then be like, "All right, he's fine." You can ask the computer where he is. I don't think you can get a security feed of inside the holodeck. Ah, oh, damn. Oh well. We, I mean, we we sort of had you having security feeds of the outside of the holodeck when him and Vonge went in on the last oh, one, yeah. but I think it's a, that's a privacy issue there of being able to see what people yeah, get up to true. in the holodeck. But if you wanted to ask the computer where he was, you'd be able to find that out. Yeah, no, I'll just leave it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Continued writing her report and and win, wince every now and again as she remembers like the the freaking darts <laughs> i was gonna say what do you put how are you wording your report then so um this is your, your official account of the uh, the previous mission um <laughs> that's right this episode is nothing but paperwork <laughs> god damn it um she's probably bullet pointed it and then it's like filling out each bullet point right. as she goes um and then like she's planning it out she hasn't written it fully yet she's like getting the bare bones done and then being like oh, I can't use crappy damn it what's another <laughs> word for crappy <laughs> yeah I, I guess as part of this report you'd be giving an evaluation of the well of Johnny specifically as your his direct superior but I guess an evaluation of how you think the team work together mm. as you wouldn't sort of nominally kind of of the group you were the one the captain sort of was like right you're leading this away mission Sort of, yeah. how do you think it? How do you think it went? Is sort of what I'm asking here. It would have went better if I didn't stupidly forget that sound created issues. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're owning up to, to yes. not not like a mistake, but kind of a mistake. You, you're you're not kind of burying that then. No. Okay. No. All right. I just wanted to kind of gauge of the get it get a sort of gauge there of the kind of thing that. Yeah, you're sort of even though you're wincing as you're writing it, you're you know you're you're being a it's a fairly faithful report of what actually went on. Yes, yeah. yes. Murphy, okay. No, no. Murphy would faithfully always report the facts and what happened, and yeah, um, she's not one to one to fudge on details of missions and things unless she's been told to by mm. a superior officer for like security reasons or uh, like security clearance or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fair enough. All right. Um, well, this takes you a little bit of time. This is kind of your afternoon, really. The, the ship's at warp at the moment, so there's not really a huge amount going on otherwise. Um, so, yes, this is this is kind of your um, your main activity. The afternoon is like, right, we're going to catch up on the paperwork sort of thing. Um, there's a little bit of sort of work to be done on j shift rota rotations and things like that, you know. But that's we'll, we'll kind of fold that in as like this is a this is an office day for Murphy. This isn't a uh, mm -hmm. yeah. You've, you've sent Johnny to have a training. Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a day you've had earmarked of like right. This is we'll, we'll sort all the paperwork out here, and then maybe tomorrow we can have some you know we'll do some training sessions or whatever. You know, this is this is an afternoon to get get ahead of the paperwork. Yeah. Um, sure. Okay. 
Commander Ray, Lieutenant Commander Ray, what are you up to this afternoon? Uh, well, to continue the theme, I'm guessing it's a work day for me? Uh, no, you're on an evening shift today. So you oh. are currently... Yeah, that's right, I'm mixing it up. Um, yeah, <laughs> you are free this afternoon. Your shift starts at 5pm, uh, 1700 hours. You have a couple of hours free before then. Alrighty. So... What is Ray doing? Ray is spending a bit of his downtime. Probably go. I'm, I imagine I'm going over the sensor readings that came out of the Aurora. Mm -hmm. Getting caught up on the stuff you missed then while you were down on the planet. Yeah, exactly. So just, I'm guessing I'm sat back in my quarters. Okay. Um, with a pad in hand, looking at all the data, looking at all the imagery that was caught, and just studying it. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Is there anything specific that you're looking for, or are you just kind of just going over it? Really, this is yeah. uh, just going just going over the data casually, not trying to read too much into it. Um, okay. But if I do notice something strange, then I notice something strange. Well, let's see if you notice something strange then. In the name right. of us playing a role playing game, uh, can I get a reason science check from you, please? You certainly can. Uh, difficulty one. So you're looking for seventeen and under. Ooh. Well. That's not the best start. Um, a no, 2d20 really as well, is. but that is a critical failure. Um, <laughs> oh, of course, it's supposed to be two, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, but... Yeah. yeah. We'll leave it at that. We'll, li yeah. we'll leave it at that. I mean, you might, you might still get the success on the other dice. Mm, okay. Difficulty one. You might it's always worth rolling both dice, even if you have got a critical fail as well. There you go. That's a success. So ah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bank some threat. Fair enough. Um... You're going to bank some threat from me staring at data. Yeah, you having... You, yeah, nothing bad happens to you or anything, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to convert that 20 into a point of threat I can spend at some point. Um, you don't see anything weird. You see some of the visual... You, you get bring up some of the images and that visually and that, and, you, you know, it's kind of... You've got a little bit of a pang of regret that you didn't get to see them sort of personally from the ship's viewports um, at the height of it. Instead, you were hunkered down in a tent at the time, um, based on the timestamp. But, uh, yeah, nothing really weird stands out to you, other than the sort of overall weirdness of, like, wow, you don't get to see this very often, you know, kind of thing. But, um, yes, other than that... So the, so the threat is my own sense of um, disappointment that I missed it. Yeah, except in game terms, that's <laughs> a thing I can spend to um, make yeah. things harder for you later. Fair enough. On any check, so... So um, good job, I guess. Um. <laughs> good job. Good job. You've make, given me clearance to make your life harder. <laughs> um, I feel like I kind of talked you into making that check as well, which is a bit hard, but harsh. But it's fine. Yeah. No, it's fine. If it, if it gives you drama for this for later on, then I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so yeah. I mean, that's that's how you spend your afternoon then uh, before reporting for duty on the bridge at seventeen hundred. Let's jump ahead a couple of hours then uh, to about 1900 as Dr. Arila, you are making your way to Councillor Mavala's medical mixer, which is being held in Holodeck 2. Uh, would you say the Doctor's been in a holodeck since the uh, kind of whistle-stop tour you were given by Johnny when you first came aboard? Probably not since then, no. There's kind of been a lot going on. Yeah, it's, it's been a busy week or two. <laughs> um, so yeah. As you approach the doors to Holodeck 2 then, um, you can see immediately that the display panel has been programmed to say Mavala's Medical Mixer, all welcome, with an exclamation point at the end. Uh, 
the doors to the holodeck open for you, and you are greeted first uh, by a, a slightly warm breeze of air. Uh, it's pleasant and fragrant. Uh, you can detect hints of a sort of flowery scent, although not from any plant that you're personally familiar with. Um, inside, you find yourself next to a small house on the bank of a large, calm lake at sunset. Uh, distant rolling hills and mountains are visible across the water, uh, which meets the shore near you at the end of a lush green lawn. A small jetty projects out into the lake, and there's a small sort of water vessel bobbing lazily next to it, tied to it. It's a very calming, sort of picturesque setting. You can hear the sounds of light music, uh, a stringed instrument of some sort, and just visible on a small sort of deck at the back of the house is a group of people, all of which look familiar to you. Uh, from the group, uh, Mavala notices your arrival and raises a hand in greeting before approaching. Welcome, Doctor. Uh, I'm glad you could come. You've picked or created a fantastic setting for... Well, thank you. Uh, this is uh, actually a recreation of my home back on Faraja. Oh, how lovely. Yes, it's... Uh, one of my favourite places in the galaxy so uh, what better place to host all of my friends from here on the Tenzing for well, what I hope will be uh, an enjoyable evening. A wonderful plan. You can see, uh, like I say, looking around there, there's a sort of the small group and you, you recognise um, quite a few people who work in the medical department there not everybody is there because um, as the, the chief medical officer you would expect there to at least be somebody on, <laughs> on, on yeah, on shift at the moment but um you, you immediately recognise your sort of uh, second in command, uh, assistant uh, chief medical officer, uh, Dr. Wilkes, is there with a, uh, a younger uh, boy by his side who um, you replace about 16 years old. Um, but there's definitely a family resemblance there. Um, Dr. Wilkes is chatting away to uh, another one of the junior doctors, uh, Molvon, who's a, a Benzite female. Um, you recognise a few of the nurses there, uh, orderlies one or two of the the lab technicians that you've you've not really sort of had a huge amount of uh interactions with them to this point you know having only been on the ship for a week or so but yeah there's definitely some familiar faces there along with some people you don't really recognize there's some who aren't wearing a stealth fleet uniform at all and um there's one or two wearing uniforms of other departments who seem to be sort of happily uh talking uh, to other people uh, a lot of people have you know they've, they've got a sort of a, a glass in their hand or whatever that y you can see to one side there's a, a couple of tables set up at sort of small buffet <laughs> of sorts there to one side the uh counselor sort of says oh please come and come and join us sir and uh People sort of give you a bit of a sort of friendly wave as you as you approach. Again, could I do a general sort of in looking at? Because it looks like everything's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the commander's more than a little bit suspicious when everything looks happy and peaceful. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Um, can I get then? Just I think we just did a general insight check before, didn't we? Um, yeah. Yeah. So difficulty one on this, fifteen and seven. So yeah, that's that's uh, one success. Um, yeah, everybody seems mostly kind of genuinely sort of um, like they're having a good time. Um, you're not sensing any negative emotions from anybody. Um, you do suddenly though sense behind you a little bit of sort of not uh, not stress, but a sort of it's a kind of mixture of emotions um, of 
happy and having a great time and happy that people are having a good time but also a kind of low level general not worry but a kind of um slight unease um from one person and turning um towards them you see it is in fact another Cation, not in starfleet uniform as you arrive at the group uh, mavala moves to stand next to them and he, he places a hand on their back Doctor, I don't believe you've met my wife, uh, LaSalle. Uh, darling, this is Dr. Irila, uh, the new chief medical officer. LaSalle uh, greets you with a smile and a handshake, and uh, you can see now that she is obviously pregnant and fairly far along. Doctor, it's uh, good to meet you. I'm sure we'll be seeing each other quite a lot over the next uh, few months. It's lovely to meet you too, and I hope to see you for happy occasions. Yes, yes. I'm glad we could meet before, uh, uh, well, let's say in a less stressful environment than uh, I'm sure is to come. <laughs> she sort of pats a pregnant stomach. <laughs> well, we'll make sure to have it as low stress for you as possible. I am glad to hear that. Uh, um, it's, uh, well, this is my, uh, this will be our first child, so, uh, yes. So everything is new and exciting. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> as she as she's talking, the the, the counselor is, um, is is sort of by her side. You get the feeling he is sort of she's worrying more than he is. Sort of thing. She she's feeling the sort of again apprehension is more the the feeling rather than worry. I would say um, this is all quite new, and he's he's sort of almost giving off the he's you know sort of proud like oh I'm going to be a father kind of feelings. Or she's like oh this is all quite new, and I, I'm I'm. Ah, you know. <laughs> yes, it's great and wonderful, but I'm the one who doesn't feel like my body is actually mine anymore. So fuck off. Yeah, that's that's the feeling that you're picking up, sort of thing. Of like maybe he's not quite being as. Yeah, he, he seems a bit more. He, he's a bit more psyched about it at the at this particular moment. She doesn't. Yeah, let's just say that, that that's how I'll put it, sort of thing. Yeah, apprehension more than anything, which you get is the, the kind of low-level kind of feeling you're picking up. She's in g generally happy, though, you know, and as I say, it's just a sort of all this is quite new kind of thing. Uh, Dr. Rila will just smile reassuringly at her. Mm. She, uh, well, she she just smiled back. Like I say, it's, um, it, it's almost like you wouldn't, uh, if you didn't have your em empathic sort of senses, you maybe wouldn't have known there was any kind of worry at all really it's um you definitely kind of picked up on a low-lying sort of um underlying sort of thing there um the the counselor um sort of uh, says oh if you'll excuse me i need to uh go uh freshen my drink he steps away for a second your assistant chief medical officer uh, dr wilkes uh, turns to you at this point oh, good to see you doctor it's uh well it's good to get out of sickbay once in a while isn't it <laughs> tell me how do these surroundings compare with your experiences down on jukir too this is a this is a lovely and relaxing outing, as opposed to the away mission. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, who knows? Maybe next time I'll get to see it for myself. Well, hopefully you won't have sound-triggered shooting plants. Yes, uh, well, quite. I don't really remember those being covered back at Starfleet Medical. <laughs> Still, sounds like you dealt with it quite expertly, though. Very little to do with any medical skill, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, uh, at least we know what to keep an eye out for in future, though. Yes, yes, indeed. 
Uh, have, you, have you met my son? He sort of gestures to the, the, the young man who's who still stood with the other group. He says, Daniel, come over here. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Arela. She's the new chief medical officer. It's a boy sort of... He, you, you now get a closer look. He looks to be about 16. Um, again, he's sort of... He, he's giving off a sort of happy-to-be-here vibes, but also I'm a teenager hanging out with a bunch of adults kind of vibe of like, uh, maybe there's somewhere I'd rather be. Sort of thing. <laughs> He's, you know, friendly. Oh, okay. Hello, uh, D- D- Dr. Arela. I'm glad to meet you. <laughs> My dad's new boss, eh? <laughs> yes, but I promise I'm not an ogre. Uh, I know. Oh. Oh. <laughs> ah, yeah. That's, uh, uh, yeah. What's, a, what's an ogre? Ah. Uh. An old creature of legend. That's all. Ah. Oh, right. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, uh, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna get something to eat. He steps off to one of the sa- tables. At this point, um, the, uh, the counsellor returns and says, Oh, of course, how could I forget? There's someone we are missing. Computer, activate em- emergency medical hologram. In between the sort of group of the three of you, a, uh, middle-aged, uh, balding man in a medical uniform appears and says, Please state the nature of the medical emergency stands there for a second sort of staring forward and then looks around well nobody here appears to be injured why have I been summoned the counsellor says well doctor we uh well we, we didn't think our gathering of the medical staff would be complete without you uh, I'm a doctor not a party expert still if you require my services here I will do my best to blend in counsellor stands awkwardly at one side and attempts to make a casual sort of pose and you get the feeling this is a little bit outside his programming but he says I, I thought we could uh, be good to uh, uh, treat him like one of the department he is after all uh, he's new to the ship as uh, as you are Dr. Irila <laughs> uh, yeah this is quite true so I, re- I read some of the reports uh, put back by the uh, the Pathfinder mission uh, from Voyager and uh, Yes, they they had their uh, emergency medical hologram active for the, the almost the entirety of their voyage. It was uh, developed quite a well, quite an interesting personality of its own. Well, assuming uh, our emergency doctor is happy to be here, I certainly have no issues with him being included in day-to-day life on the ship. That's uh, good to hear. Uh, you, you're getting no emotions at all off of the doctor he's a he's 100 hologram but visually speaking it, it looks quite awkward he's just sort of he's kind of standing there he's like he doesn't really know how to socially interact with people you know he's yeah and he this in fact may be the first time he's been activated since he was installed one of the outfit one of the uh things that was uh, part of the the tenzing's refit at when it was last at earth was to outfit um sick bay and certain other areas of the ship with hollow emitters prior to that this class of ship did not have an emergency medical hologram so uh yeah he he's brand new basically so the uh the evening as i say it, it um it passes enjoyably should we say um the, the environment doesn't change even though the time is changing it seems to be that uh, the councillors programmed this environment to basically be kind of ongoing uh ongoing magic hour just before sunset should we say um it's just you know it's quite a nice setting really as and you know there's food and there's there's some pleasant conversation had on the uh on the banks of this lake which is um i say the uh, the councillor's real life home on uh, Faraja. so um 
Yes. And a good time was had by all. On the bridge, Ray, uh, you are at the science station. Commander Talin is in the captain's chair at the moment. And you suddenly become aware of a beeping on the sensors. Looking down, you can see that there is a warp signature being detected uh, in a nearby system that the computer... Um, it's, it's all coming up on the screen, basically, straight away. The computer does not recognise. Commander, sensors are picking up an unknown warp signature in a neighbouring star system. Hmm. Intriguing. What do we know about the system, Commander? Scanning now. Uh, the computer provides you with the relevant information. Um, the system in question is known as the Dratiran system, and it is home to one pre-warp civilization, also known as the Dratirans. Sensors confirm that the signature is coming from the Dratiran system. There shouldn't be any warp technology in that sector. There's one pre-warp civilization. Something about that doesn't add up. Can you confirm the speed of the sensor contact, Commander? For this, I am going to need a check. You can need a check, fair yeah. enough. Okay. So I'm going to need reason science, and I'm going to need somebody else to do a role for the USS Tenzing using the uh, sensors science. I think uh, Dragon has done that. Well, you got two successes on yours, so that's a good start. Um, yes. So ship sensors, no big help there with the 19. But your own skill, you were able to uh, sift through the data, take you a minute or so, and bring up that this warp signature of whatever vessel it is is only travelling at warp 1.1. It's not going at any real speed at all, Commander. It's travelling at warp 1.1, from what I can tell. Hmm. Most intriguing. She taps her combat. To Lynn, to Captain Collins. Brief pause and here. Go ahead, Commander. Captain, sensors have detected a vessel in a neighbouring system. I suspect that this may be a first warp flight scenario. I request your presence on the bridge. This is another slight pause. He says, I'm on my way. Uh, hold the fort. Collins out. Commander Ray, while this may turn out to be something other than what I just shared with the captain, I will nevertheless require you to assemble any data and personnel necessary to conduct a briefing shortly about what Starfleet knows about the pre-warp civilization in that system. With that, I go about gathering Gather people. Who you want and who you would like to be in the briefing. So you start to sort of look up a, a bits and pieces on the on the ship's computer of what's what's available. As you do, the um, the captain arrives on the bridge and is appraised of the situation by um, Commander Talin. He agrees and taps his comm badge. And both Murphy and the Doctor, you get a, a message. Collins, the senior staff. Uh, we have a situation developing, and I would like you all to assemble for a briefing in the main conference room in fifteen minutes. Okay. Yes, Captain. Let's say you're still talking to your assistant CMO, and he kind of sort of raises an eyebrow at the word "situation" because you know it's, it's it's all audible over the the comm system, and sort of uh, says, uh, "I'll take your drink." And uh, yes, you are you are free to leave the party. And um, yeah, Councillor of our gives you a uh, sort of oh, thank you for coming, Doctor. <laughs> Duty calls. <laughs> it seems. Thank you for inviting me. See you later. She smiles around at. Anyone that you know actually is looking over before mm. you get friendly waves back, and um, yeah, you, you leave the holodeck. Murphy, you also get this call. Hi, Captain. I'm gonna, and she makes her puts down her coffee mug, 
uh, gets himself organised and heads up to the conference room. Is it still hot to down it all in one go before you leave? <laughs> no. <laughs> you, get like a, you, you can get like one of those travel mugs with like a, ha- you know, like a handle on it with a, oh, it's like a flask, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not taking it with her. No. If that's she wants like, another coffee, she can replicate one I was going to say, there. that's a bit brazen just walking into the <laughs> Yeah, it's, <laughs> briefing. it's a bit too casual. Just walking in with a coffee, like, what's going on? Like, yeah. <laughs> walk sure. in like your dressing gown kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> I'm here uh, here <laughs> hair curlers in oh god I would say yeah you, you're probably off shift as well by this point um, dressing down hair curlers <laughs> cucumber slices on the eyes yeah my hair's my hair's undone that's about it <laughs> I've still got my uniform on yeah I mean it's um, not it's not late in the evening it's yeah no it's, yeah <laughs> Again, I think this is another point where Johnny being the only um, non-senior staff player character we have would not get the call. So just in the name of checking back in, what we'd say Johnny's doing, this is probably about 8 o'clock in the evening now. 8.30, let's say. It's, yeah. He's he's probably tried to hang out with Bonge, and if Jovar is in any way around, he's going to try and... Like bring him into the fold a little bit, just just to try and make him feel welcome, just just to be friendly. Okay, um, well, Bonge is definitely off shift now as well. You guys were probably both on the same shift pattern, except Bonge was in, you know, he was working in engineering. You were basically told go off and do some training. Mm-hmm. But you both, yeah, you both came off shift at the same time um, as day shift ended. Computer, could you tell me the location of Jovar, please? Their quarters, deck five. Okay. Um, shall we say Johnny's um, gone down towards engineering, and mm-hmm. he's not quite met Bond yet. Um, so he's he's just found out where Jovar is, and uh, yeah, he's going to meet Bond just as he finishes finishes his shift. Yeah, sure. Okay, so you head down to main engineering. Um, Bond has got his head kind of in a data pad as he's walking away. So I think he doesn't really see you as you're you're just kind of hanging out by the turbo lift. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he knows Bond's routine at yeah. this point. So yeah. Yeah, he doesn't see you as, he, as he's kind of walking towards the, the turbo lift. Okay. Uh, hey, Bonge. Oh, oh, hey, Johnny. Hey, I, I was thinking we could uh, give a warm welcome to uh, Jovar. Jo- Jovar? Yeah, he was the teenager that helped me uh, and the rest of the crew down on the uh, planet there. Led us through the forest. He seemed to uh, know a thing or two about survival and, uh, well, he might have some stories to tell and... He's kind of new to all this space stuff, so I thought it'd be interesting to sort of uh, bring him into the fold a little bit. Uh, uh sure. I mean, I was, I was just going to grab some dinner. Um, did it, did it, does he eat? I mean, what's the? Well, I should hope so. And uh, Johnny kind of opens the turbo lift and heads in, and they're going to head on their way. Oh, okay. Let, let, lead the way then. <laughs> Cool, and uh, yeah, they head in the direction of Jovar. Okay, uh, yeah, you get off on uh, deck five, um, which is uh, just below the main shuttle bay. There's some VIP guest accommodations there. The computer's able to direct you to the uh, the correct quarters, and uh, so you, you press the button. Um, there's, a, there's a brief um, pause, and uh, the door is opened by his uh, by Jovar's father, William. Oh, hey there, Ensign. Uh, we weren't expecting you. How's it going? 
Oh, I'm, I'm good. Well, it's been a few days, and I I thought you guys might have uh, acclimatised a little bit, but I, I thought Jovar might, might want to come out with uh, me and my friend Bonch here. Bonch gives him a little sort of wave. He kind of gives... He, he's, this is probably the first Ferengi he's seen, because they definitely weren't a going concern when the ship crashed. <laughs> hey there. Oh, hey, uh, how you doing? I, I was wondering if uh, Jovar might want to come out for a meal or just to sit and have a drink with us, just just to have, I don't know, just to get to know Starfleet a little bit potentially and get to know what's going on out here. Well, well sure, uh, I'll see if he's free. He's uh, probably a little young for drinking, though. Well, I, I didn't necessarily mean anything alcoholic, I just... Well, all right then, I mean... He's 17, but, uh, look, I, I was young once, too. <laughs> but, uh, well, there wasn't any alcohol back on the planet. Uh, just, uh, I don't want it to go to his head, that's all. No, that, that, that's definitely not what I meant. I, I, I meant just friendly hangout. You know, I mean, I can imagine he he's felt kind of at odds with the world because he's not known anybody even close to his age before. So I, I just thought it'd be nice for him to sort of get to know somebody his own well closer to his own age a little bit I was going to say your Jova was I think I said 17 how old's Johnny again I know I've, I've asked you this before but it's I've blanked it early 20s yeah was, I think the uh, the call on that yeah yeah uh, William kind of um, he turns his head back into the quarters for a second uh, Jovar uh, Ensign Connard and his, uh, his friend are here uh Want to know if you want to head out, get some food, or go for a walk or something? Uh, Jivar sort of appears after a couple of seconds. Uh, oh hi. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Where, where, where do you want to go? This is a big place. Oh, let me give you the tour. <laughs> and Johnny kind of proceeds to, and I don't necessarily want to get actually go through this, sure. but commences a, a version of the tour. The Johnny tour. This, yeah. This this is probably a little bit more gung ho, and he's he's going to give more a more action packed version of uh, Starfleet history as he walks around and explains everything. And that potentially, I, I don't know. This is up to you. Um, would Jovar potentially receive the tactical information of like here's the cover points, here's the, all that kind of stuff, a, mm. a little bit more well than the previous recipient? Oh, well, yeah, a bit more. Yeah, I'd say probably. He seems a bit more interested in that stuff than maybe the Doctor did. Um, at least from what you could gather. <laughs> in fact, you know what? I'll, let's have you doing it. I'll have an, can I get an insight check for this? Okay. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, that's, oh dear. A, that's another point of threat I'm going to take there. With a 20 and a 13. Um, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, Johnny, you know. What kid wouldn't be interested in this? You know, you so you, you would imagine that he's seems pretty interested. Although, <laughs> I will say, I'll give it you for free that he does. You know, he, he doesn't look bored. He is. He does look like he's paying attention and things. And you you would maybe put together that his upbringing in a dangerous sort of jungle world meant he is quite sort of conscious of things he could use to his advantage in an environment. At least this is what Johnny's imagining. That yeah. So yeah, of course he would be. In, but of course it'd be. Ex, you know. Excited to hear all this stuff and interested in it. That's kind of the vibe you get. Oh, well, yeah, um, that that's what Johnny will spend his time doing, mm. and yeah, they will lead towards a meal 
yeah at 10 forward you do know bond is taking a few notes as well as at some of the uh, some of the uh starfleet history facts that you're throwing out that maybe he didn't either you don't know whether it's just that he's like oh i didn't know that or whether he's like oh, that doesn't sound right but um <laughs> <laughs> you definitely see him making notes on his data pad a couple of times yeah you and you eventually end up somewhere to have a meal whether that's um 10 forward or they, i mean this is the other thing as well there's plenty of crew lounges on board ship as well it's not all 10 forward Oh well, that's that's Johnny's. He, he takes that's his favorite place. Spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. He goes to his favorite table. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. So the senior staff uh, gather in the conference room. Unlike on the uh, the Enterprise, um, the view is slightly obscured by the uh, rear superstructure of the, of the Nebula class with the uh, the large sensor pod. But you can still see a lot of space out that window. There is a, a, a long conference table with uh, quite a few seats around it, and uh, the captain has, has taken a, a seat at the head of the table. So the first question really I should ask then is, um, Ray, who did you bring on to make this presentation? Captain, for this presentation I've enlisted Lieutenants Stein and Thomas, a historian and anthropologist respectively. The, the captain sort of nods to the, the three of you as you sort of... There's a, I mean, there's a screen and things, and you can display things. Lieutenant Stein, would you begin? Uh, thank you, sir. He steps forward and he sort of nods to everyone at the table, which I guess we'll, we'll have a rundown. It's at the table then, so you've got um, Captain Collins, uh, Commander Talin, Dr. Irela, uh Lieutenant Commander Murphy, and Commander Carter, Chief Engineer. So it's basically all, all the big names of the ship. He says, uh, th- th- "Thank you, uh, thank you, sir." Um, the uh, the Dratiran system uh, has long been uh, known to be home uh, to the uh, well, the Dratiran uh, civilization, um, and fourteen years ago, uh, Starfleet's science uh, conducted a covert infiltration uh, survey to uh, determine not only how close they would be to warp travel themselves, but also the the general kind of. Uh, outlook of the society and um how they uh how they would react to external intervention and uh pressures frankly sirs uh, it estimated the current rate of development they shouldn't be developing any kind of warp travel for at least another century and this was 14 years ago at the time of the expedition uh, they uh just begun sort of early space flight and uh, satellite technology experiments really you know this is uh if if the signature that we detected is a warp um, vessel, it's um, I would be very surprised if it's theirs. Basically, Captain, the estimates given for when the civilization should reach warp capability is either way off, or something's interfered with their natural progression and technological advancement. Either way, I don't believe we should ignore this. Hmm, I agree. Tell me, uh, what are they like as a people? What makes them tick? Lieutenant Thomas uh, cuts in at this point. Well, uh, culturally, sir, uh, frankly, they're they're quite a paranoid and uh, intensely sort of stratified theocratic society. Um, they're they're intensely religious, and um, they believe that their people were given the knowledge and power to to rise up by uh, what they call uh, the Laldron or the the Lords on High. They're sort of deity figures who they believe kind of watch and judge them in life and weigh their sins in the in the afterlife and. Uh, Frankly, the uh, the priesthood really lead the, the civilization. Part of the reason why um, the science team estimated it would take so long before they developed warp travel is uh, because of this. Uh, any uh, 
scientific advancements deemed not to be in keeping with the priesthood's uh, traditions and teachings are liable to be suppressed. Those who uh, show signs of divergence from the teachings are often uh, dealt with uh, rather harshly. Doesn't sound too different from pre-thousand years war Christianity or back on Earth. They concluded in this, uh, in their current form, their society is unlikely to be compatible with the ideals of the Federation, but um, yeah, by its very nature, that's going to stunt the speed of their scientific advancement. He um, presses a button on a pad and um, uh, the screen behind you sort of shows a, a rotating figure. These are the Deterans. Um, we, the, the expedition, while it was there, made uh, detailed scans of their physiology and uh, we have a complete translation of their language on, uh, on record, so the universal translators uh, should work fine. You can see on the on the screen the uh, the figure that's rotating is um, it's it's a humanoid, roughly five foot in height, um, with grey skin and completely white hair tied into a, uh, a quite tight sort of ponytail out of the way, and round the eyes are a series of red dots. It's the only col- colourful markings on them. Are they a violent society? Well, um, they, they are united as a planetary society there doesn't seem to be any wars but that that may just be a, a relic of uh, the uh, survival of the the fittest as it was the uh, those who dealt the harshest with the the non-believers are the only ones left maybe but uh, we don't have a full full timeline of their history at this point but it's uh, it's possible the paranoid nature of them and uh, was definitely noted it's possible they uh, may not be 100% peaceful certainly sounds as though things could easily become quite volatile. Commander Talin nods this and says, We should proceed with caution, Captain. Of course. Uh, I want everything by the book. We dust off the first contact procedures with this one. I don't want any kind of incident. Okay. How soon could we intercept them? I can't imagine they're going anywhere fast at warp one. Well, we're already pretty close to the system, Captain. We could get there at high warp in about 10 minutes. Might I suggest we drop out of warp um, at a distance, Captain, and, and then approach on impulse. Then they might not get so spooked from us. That's a good idea, Commander. Uh, we don't want to provoke them into doing anything rash. Plus it'll give us a chance to get some more detailed scans of their vessel. Alright, well, uh, thank you, Commander Ray. Lieutenants, uh, this has been informative. Everyone uh, get to your stations and, uh, well, let's do this right. We only get one chance to make first contact. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks' time with the next chapter of this story on Thursday, January 20th, and uh, we hope you'll all join us for that. In the meantime, uh, as I said at the top of the show, you can find links to all of our social media presences and our Discord server, as well as much more at pretendingwithdice.com. So for now, that's our show. We hope you all enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.